CSMOD.com is your one-stop shop for tickets to all live SMOD pods and appearances by your favorite SMODcasters. Kevin J., along with Mike and Ming, are at Fandom Fest in Louisville, Kentucky on August 8th. Two of the three Kev solo shows at the Atlanta Improv are sold out, but tickets are still available for the August 10th show. Looking ahead, Babylon in Hollywood on August 14th and 21st. Windsor, Ontario gets Kev at the Windsor Comic Con on August 15th, while his solo show at Cobb's Comedy Club in San Fran on August 23rd is sold out. But Edumacation with Kevin Andy still has some tickets left for that date. An evening with Kevin Smith August 27th at the Houston Improv, the next night in Dallas at the Texas Theater. August 29th, Babylon at the Empire Theater in San Antonio. September 4th through 6th, Jason Muse hits up Wizard World San Jose. Get old and Q&A with Kev embark on the Jersey Boys Tour Down Under. September 18th in Sydney, the 19th in Brisbane, the 21st in St. Kilda, Victoria, the 23rd in Torrensville, and September 26th in Perth. Show your love for all the free funny at Smodcast.com by checking out a live Smodco show. Visit csmod.com. Geek News Reviews Commentary Not just another podcast On the Ordinary Pickball Podcast You look like an avocado Had sex with an older avocado Thank you Now here comes your host Kyle A. Barrett On the World Steve Welcome to the Big Ball Broadcast Episode 33 all the geeky news you can use. My name is Kyle Abear. You can hear me as the voice of Gohan in Dragon Ball Z Resurrection F in trailers for a limited time, August 4th through August 12th, nationwide in North America. Woo! And your co-host on the East Coast, Otherworld Steve. And you can hear me as the co-host from the East Coast, Otherworld Steve, on the Big Ball Broadcast. Roger. her. Hopefully you've caught up with all our previous episodes. Uh, we had some technical glitches in recent weeks, but uh, we had two new episodes posted at the same time, so catch up. With uh, 31 and 32, if you haven't heard that, and certainly subscribe on iTunes or just uh, join us on Smodco or at Smodcast.com and all that awesome sauce. want to give a shout out to uh, all of our friends that uh, are in the chat room now. So basically, on uh, most Wednesday nights from here on out, there are exceptions, but uh, on most midweek nights, we'll uh, be doing a live audio stream. You can catch us at 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on uh, Wednesdays, typically. Uh, but you can follow our feed at Twitter, at BB Broadcast. And uh, we'll give you all the info as to what night and uh, the link you need to join our chat room uh, so you can listen in as we record our new episodes and give us live feedback. We'll give shout-outs to people like Robert J, Sigmund88, Anime Manga, Antagonist, Alan S., wherever you guys are. And, of course, if you're uh, too busy to join us as we do our live recording then you could always send us an email after the fact at thebigballbroadcast at gmail.com. Steve, have we gotten any feedback lately? You know, honestly, I keep forgetting to check that inbox. (laughs) We're terrible. So send us a bunch of shit and we just won't read it, okay? I mean, we'll read it like six months after the fact. I'm going to check in case we have to pad for time. Every time we uh, we post, within a couple of hours of uh, doing the live stream, we ask you guys, what do you want us to talk about? At ClearHeartApple on Twitter. It says, Deadpool trailer, fucking is awesome and through the roof incredible man just talk about knock it out the ballpark i'm a little confused because you're a co-host of a geek podcast you really have your finger on the pulse of the geek community yet you seemed relatively unaware that colossus plays a role in this film <laughs> no i saw that it was colossus but i didn't want to I, I didn't i, I tweeted it's like was that colossus i wasn't sure now granted it's a marvel movie it's a marvel universe you're gonna have crossovers 
I just didn't understand why he looked so much bigger than Deadpool. Is he supposed to be a fucking giant? Yes, he's supposed to be that big, that burly. Okay, see see what threw me off is in the X-Men movies, he's just a normal dude. He's, I mean, going back to the 90s uh, animated series, he's supposed to be a pretty burly dude. And yeah, I was kind of disappointed with his earlier portrayal. And I think that's why I really didn't see a heck of a lot of him after that. So I'm really excited, especially where it really looks like he's beating Deadpool's ass. I mean, granted, this is not the Marvel Universe under Disney. This is under Fox, and Fox does have X-Men. And so now it looks like, okay, we're going to do a uh, comic book accurate version of Colossus. I guess the the X-Men Colossus actor, I'm sorry, I forget his name. Unfortunately, he had so little to do with You'd see him like pop up in cameos pretty much in all the X-Men movies, but never really build upon that character, which is unfortunate because he looks so fucking cool. You know, the thing that continues to get me is I think it's Fox that's releasing this film. Yeah, in the teaser to the trailer and in the trailer, you have two really big fuck you digs at Fox for their previous films. And the first being in the, the teaser to the trailer about um, Deadpool's mouth being sewn shut, which I thought was brilliant. The studio that brought you... Deadpool's fucking mouth sewn shut. In, in the trailer, both both the Red Band trailer and the, the quote-unquote green trailer reference to the horrible Green Lantern costume that Reynolds wore. You know, I, I actually have to applaud Fox for that, for going along with that, for playing along, because you know that got fanboys fired right the fuck up. Can you imagine the meeting at Fox? It's like, should we take a dig at our own film? Well, it's self-referential. It's breaking the fourth wall, just like Deadpool would. Oh. It got me excited. And yes. if you can get me excited, that's saying quite a bit. Anyone who doesn't know Otherworld Steve, he is the, the most critical geek i know it takes a lot for him to like something <laughs> so but i like you somehow for some reason you put up with me and i'm the guy who who tends to give you know so many things a pass I'll, I'll just sit there and make excuses like well it wasn't that bad because of this this and that and i just i'm way more forgiving and there is so many ways that deadpool could go wrong and it looks like, you know, now you've got a taste of, of the actual film. It's not just Ryan Reynolds spouting things. I'm, I promise I'm going to do right by you guys and all that stuff. It's like we were hoping, we're hoping, we're hoping. And then the Comic-Con trailer dropped. And so like, here, don't watch the shitty versions that were uh, shot on people's cell phones and shit. Wait till we get a nice crisp HD version and just crank it up. It's going to do very well. And of course, as a big Marvel fan, it doesn't mean it's a good thing because what that means is Fox is going to keep these licenses tied up and far away from Marvel or Disney, should I say, for a very long time. Right. And if Deadpool were under the Disney envelope, could you see it getting watered down? Could you see it being released as a PG-13 movie at most? No, honestly, I see it being released as a PG movie because especially with Disney, um, I think that's as far as they're going to push that envelope to make some money. Once you start dipping your toes into the PG-13, and especially the R, the R rating is basically an obituary for a film um, that you're expecting to make big bucks from. Honestly, I don't think you would see a Deadpool movie at Disney, period. And honestly, after after seeing the, the brilliance, and again, I've only seen a handful of episodes of, of Daredevil on Netflix, and that's got some brutal violence going on. My God, this, this guy gets his head smashed with a bowling ball in a bowling alley. It's like, did that just happen? Really, really morbid, dark shit. And it's like, 
well, maybe Deadpool would have been okay going this way if they couldn't get the movie greenlit. But I guess Ryan Reynolds is a, a big enough name to to surpass the, I guess Netflix would be considered a direct-to-video sort of avenue, right? I'm not sure if you heard this, and I apologize for kind of jumping around a little bit. There's some preliminary talks anyway. Well, first of all, I, I have to say I was, I was kind of disgusted. I, I, I get really upset with the state of the movie industry where Fantastic Four hasn't even come out yet. And we've talked on and on and on about how it was production hell putting this movie together. And I really don't want to judge it on that premise, but a lot of people don't seem really too pleased or have very high hopes for it. But, you know, they're already talking plans for a sequel and, and what direction they'd go into for the sequel. That bothers me. But what bothers me more is there's some preliminary talk about doing a X-Men Fantastic Four crossover because Fox has the rights to both. And uh, they're, they're trying to do something really big, really epic, a la... Avengers with their properties, uh, as I said earlier, to really keep them out of Disney's hands. Ooh, everyone gets really greedy if they stand to make, you know, billions of dollars like Marvel has with its own cinematic universe. And then Fox is like, hey, we want to hold on to what we have. Again, you get those those anomalies, I guess, like like the the, like the current X-Men movies, which had the classic cast and then crossing over into the new first class cast. Moving forward to Apocalypse and forward, you're going to see, you know, all new mutants and new cast. And and as they get older, I guess you'll bring back old cast or whatever. I still think it's pretty wild that Marvel's making this very concerted effort to sidestep the merchandise for those properties. You can't go into a Target or a Walmart or a Toys R Us and buy X-Men or Fantastic Four figures. They're they're really keeping those under wraps. Um, There's... A brilliant article, I think it was on Cracked, probably sometime last month, about how official Marvel t-shirts, um, particularly like the Secret Wars covers, they've gone in and eliminated all the X-Men and Fantastic Four characters and have replaced them with other characters. They, uh, they're really making sure that they don't have an opportunity to market any merchandise attached to these films. I'm looking at our chat room. Anime Manga Antagonist says, The Thing Burger at Denny's. Anyone tried it? It looks like The Thing. I don't know that I would want to eat anything that looks like that. You smoke enough in your bowl, and it'll start looking appetizing. I'll give you that. Yeah, I suppose if you've got the munchies, you'll, you'll just pretty much eat anything. It's like, here, eat this thing. Literally. This came out today, and, and I will give the obligatory spoiler alert for anybody who... Uh, is dying to get out and see Fantastic Four opening night. But I guess there's been some early screenings and they were talking about how it's pretty dark. It's pretty twisted. Some of the ways they've introduced uh, some of the characters, personalities and catchphrases. And I guess there's a flashback with the thing where, where his catchphrase it's clobbering time that came from him. Every time his brother would just fuck him up, just whoop his ass. His brother would say that it's clobbering time. And that that was their justification for the thing using that terminology. And it's like, wow, you guys are really fucking morbid. Well, you know, you know, some people deal with it with therapy. Others deal with it with drugs. And then other people turn into superheroes. I'm not a um, fan of the Fantastic Four comic book. I, I, I watch the movies and eh, I'm still extremely cautious about the new one. It's kind of sad. I mean, you're talking about Marvel's first family and they're just not getting the love. Hey, Alan S. says, check out the Attack on Titan burgers. They look really nasty. Oh, God. Yeah, you guys should Google Attack on Titan burgers. 
holy shit, I don't know if I can smoke enough for that to be appetizing. I don't know how many beef patties that is. This is on sale in Japan. It cost about $20 US. And it comes with a keychain. If you're really into Attack on Titan and having a heart attack, then sure, go for it. I love Kotaku's headline. Even they don't mince words. The Attack on Titan burgers look utterly disgusting. <laughs> Let's not mince word also about another article that was on Kotaku. And a lot of people were, were, were taking umbrage with, <laughs> with the mention of the article. So you got Peter Dinklage, best known from Game of Thrones and everything. He is known infamously for doing the voice of Ghost, the AI character in Destiny, the big game that uh, some people say has no plot and other people like myself call it. It's like Halo, only prettier. A lot of fans bitched about how wooden his performance is. Now, they have a new expansion for Destiny coming out, and they have gone and uh, not only replaced AI's voice by Nolan North, best known as Drake from Uncharted and also the animated Deadpool. He is taking over uh, that role from a celebrity, a major big star. And they're going back and re-recording the original game's dialogue, you know, for consistency's sake. And the Kotaku article says that newcomer Nolan North, and that's what a lot of people are like, excuse me, newcomer? I mean, I guess he's new in Destiny, maybe in in the fact that he wasn't on Destiny before, as far as I know, but... uh I don't know, man. Nolan North's kind of a rock star in the, in the in the voiceover and gaming world. So do you mean to tell me that people actually care about what they're hearing and that a celebrity's uh, name alone isn't going to move merchandise? <laughs> Shock and awe. For many years, and anyone who does voiceover for games certainly is bugged by this trend. Hiring big-name celebrities, some of which are good and adapted voiceover, and this, this crosses over into animated films, too. And then others don't. You can tell it's just a paycheck. They're trying to cash in on a name, stunt casting, whatnot, and and other. Peter Dinklage, good actor. Really good actor. When people can sit there and talk about, oh, the voice acting is terrible in this show. You know, the actor did their job. Whether you think it's crap or the greatest thing since sliced bread, that is the performance that the, the director wanted and the client approved. Don't shit on the actor's performance. You can sit there and say the acting's bad, but I mean, again, that is what they wanted. That is what they agreed upon. And if you're going to say, oh, it sounds wooden, what should an artificial intelligence computer voice sound like? How much emotion should it really have? You know, it's funny. My wife's pretty peripheral. She, Because of her schedule and, and my monstrous kids, she doesn't have a lot of time for movies or TV. But um, she did take both the kids to see the animated film Home when that was in theaters. And uh, the main character in that film is voiced by Jim Parsons, known as Sheldon Cooper on Big Bang Theory. And she went off on this like really fucked up tirade last night because uh, she ended up buying the DVD for the kids. And she's like, you know, it's horrible because he's not even trying to sound good. It's just him. For a casual observer to really pull that out, like, oh, my God, it's fucking horrible. Whose idea was this? Um, I think that really says something about the state of the industry. You, just because somebody's successful in one arena um, on camera doesn't mean that automatically translates into, oh, here's the perfect voice for that role. Madagascar is my example. You have the whole cast. They're all big names, but they're all playing themselves. Chris Rock sounds exactly like Chris Rock. David Schwimmer sounds like David Schwimmer. Kids don't even know who these people are. You, you go back to Shrek, $25 million payday for uh, Cameron Diaz. What little kid knows who the fuck that is? Well, I mean, that's a, a topic we could probably just fill up the rest of the show with. I wasn't aware until relatively recently 
that Mike Myers had done all his VO work wasn't happy with it and insisted on scrapping everything and starting again and, and doing the ogre with the Scottish accent. And they started talking about the money involved in that. Holy shit. Well, yeah, the, you had about 90% of the dialogue actually done and completed by Chris Farley until his unfortunate death. That was a production nightmare. It turned out to be an absolute success for DreamWorks, but I mean, the, the production and the, the cost associated. And I don't know, I mean, I'm sure you're kind of like, yeah, I'd love to be in a position where as a voice actor, I have that much power over a project. But when you start putting something back a year from its slated release date, because I don't know, ego, I guess. <laughs> but I mean, in the end, he certainly made the right choice. Right. But going back to the Dinklage thing, he was directed to sound stoic and he did his job. And was it a payday? Yeah, yeah, sure, probably. Alan S. in our chat says uh, people are probably basing their opinions on AI voices on characters like Wheatley or GLaDOS in, in Portal. To be fair, yeah, that those are way more animated. And are we used to just hearing female AI voices? My first exposure to a female AI voice, probably yours as well, was you know classic Starship Enterprise. Gene Roddenberry's wife providing the voice of the ship's computer. Angel Barrett. So unfortunately, I'm, I'm of that mindset, I'm of that generation where I automatically anticipate and assume an AA voice is going to be female. This was a very interesting development because usually you got uh, game studios and animation studios running to celebs to, to help market. But games normally, you know, the packaging or the posters, for games anyway, they don't bother putting the cast names on there. So it's like if you spend all these millions of dollars to do the stunt casting... Wouldn't you at least try to pull it in with, it's like, hey, Peter Dinklage in Destiny or, you know, Kevin Spacey, who was not only voice acting, but motion captured for the latest Call of Duty. But at the same time, I mean, everybody's making a really loud noise every time Mark Hamill does the Joker for an Arkham game. He proved that he, he could not only rock on camera and in, 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 in only be known as, oh, yeah, this is Luke Skywalker. This is all he's good for. He's not a one trick pony. This came across my radar today, dropped my jaw for the sheer audacity, but apparently a live-action American Naruto is coming our way. Believe um, it! Absolutely. <laughs> real thing, and it's coming from Lionsgate, uh, because obviously they did not see the Dragon Ball movie. So I'm not going to go on too much more because I'm already vomiting a little bit, but the IMDb listing, and although understood, they, they're not always entirely accurate, uh, they list the director of really having only done one thing, and that's this show called The, the Greatest Show on Earth, which happens to be in pre-production. So there's nothing from this director's slate that anybody can take a look at and make any type of judgment on. I am not worried one way or the other because a lot of these productions, they stall. They were going to do an Akira live action. Akira. The Ghost in the Shell one seems to be the one closest to them actually pulling the trigger on and moving forward with Scarlett Johansson. But Cowboy Bebop's been stalled for years with Keanu Reeves, like, I want to do this. Dragon Ball Evolution, you know, came and went, made no splash at all. Yeah, Matt Greenfield destroyed ADV trying to make that Evangelion live action with, with Wedding Workshop attached to that. And and then scrapped, and then you get Pacific Rim. It was kind of funny. I caught something earlier about Pacific Rim, and I forget his name right now, but um, the lead Jaeger pilot. Uh, he, he was commenting that he wants uh, this next film to be much less CG, much less green screened, more character driven. Kind of want to shake him by his neck and be like, don't you understand why people turn out for this flick? It's because of that. So those popcorn moments, those 
awesome epic battles with the kaiju and, and, and the robots. It's I don't really need a hell of a lot about your backstory. Unless you teleport back then and enjoy the kaiju movies for what they are. It's like guys in rubber suits beating the shit out of each other. And he's like, no, no, less CG, less green screens. Let's really focus on the people. Uh, no, a blockbuster that does not make. Oh, the groundbreaking dialogue, the great acting, the characters. That almost kiss at the end. My fiance is uh, said, well, yeah, if they make a sequel to Pacific Rim, I'll see it. And I said, you know what? In my prediction, they probably will end up kissing. Opening scene, just to get the tension out of the room. <laughs> Let's keep on the dark path for a little while. This is coming to us from io9. A University of Southern California report titled Inequality in 700 Popular Films has released the results of said report. And I have to tell you, I was gobsmacked as I was reading this article. To put the numbers behind what we've been saying for a while, it's pretty disgusting. So here's some bullet points from the report. Number one, uh, just 30 to 30.2% specifically of all speaking roles in these films were played by women. This was a big one for me. No actresses over the age of 45 have played a leading or co-leading role in a seven-year period at all. 73.1% of all speaking roles were played by white people. <laughs> 12.5% played by black actors. 53 by Asian actors. 4.9% for Hispanic and Latino actors. 29 by Middle Easterners. And obviously it just goes down from there. And then when we reach the LGBTQ visibility. Glad's annual report says that 19 out of the 4,610 characters in the top 100 films of 2014 identified as lesbian, gay, or bisexual, and none of them identified as transgender. So, yes, everybody's thoughts are confirmed. Uh, Hollywood is only about sexy, pre-middle-aged white males and pretty much nobody else. You know, in, again, in the age of, of social media where you get the pulse of society instantly in live, real-time feedback and everything, I see, I see there, you know, there, there, there'll be a shift. I think it'll take a long time, but they'll come around. Enough people will, will, will bitch and, you know, and justifiably so bitch about the uneven ratio of shit going down. I got a lot of Asian friends in, in the acting community. It's like, how come there's only like one, you know, token Asian and, and thing? And, oh, he always has to know Kung Fu and you know, all that shit. Exactly. Anytime you seem to see that non-white character on the screen, you are that token and you are playing up to the majority of the stereotypes of that lineage. And that's pretty sad. I do agree with you. Absolutely. At some point. The dam's going to burst and it's going to change, but I think we're probably still a, a solid decade out from that. You know, the power of a hashtag, man. People can uh, flock to a movie or avoid it like the plague. People keep going to shitty movies, and I don't get it. And and when you go to shitty movies, they greenlight shitty sequels, and people really need to stop going to shitty movies. I just I don't see that ever changing. Now granted sometimes you get uh you kind of get duped by the trailer cuz it's a cool trailer and then you go and it's too late cuz you've already spent your money. I, I get that it's entertainment, but just because it's entertainment doesn't mean that uh you can't represent more of your your general public. And then there's the occasional anomaly that comes out and deserves a much better box office fate. Things like Dread it made its money back eventually thanks to people, you know, uh, talking about, you know, the two people that went to see it theatrically, like myself and a couple other people are like, you got to watch this fucking movie. It's so cool. And they're like, what? What? I don't know. 
you know, and then they watch it on home video. It's like, dude, Dread kicks ass. I'm like, yeah, I wish you had seen it in theaters. I don't know what it is about Dread. I, I don't know why it, it seems like that property's always been stalled. I was a very, very early adopter with Dread. I was reading Dread comics before Anthrax jumped on that bandwagon. I, I can listen to I Am The Law and know exactly what every reference in that song means. Drunk it! Because it, it really is a really good property. I think it still is a good property and can still make for incredible uh, fare. I didn't see it, and I know that's kind of hypocritical, but some of the things I, I heard, heard it was ridiculously violent, uh, for one. I'm People really- say that it's, it's a lot like this other action movie called The Raid, but um, they have similar screenplays. It's, it all takes place in like one central location. And so you could argue that like, oh, well, it's low budget. <laughs> You're limited by your location shooting and all that. But you can just make it much more atmospheric that way with, with style. And my God, Dread 3D has styled a boot and a really strong cast. And, and then having the character be true to his character from the comics. Like, don't take the goddamn mask off, the helmet off. Everybody's waiting for the, uh, the Judge Death arc. And until, you know, that's coming to the big screen, everything's meh. But if you said, oh, yeah, the next movie's going to be Judge Death, I'll be the first person in line for that. I'd be happy if they would just greenlit, greenlight something, you know, either straight to Netflix or Amazon or, or whatever. But I think we're a few years out before people start uh, investing a little more money in the, in the budgets of, uh, of those, those blossoming networks. If there was enough demand, you'd, you'd get that funded through Kickstarter. I don't think it would be too much of an issue. I'd throw money at that. Chris, people tried to throw money at a, a reboot of uh, a Firefly or a continuation of Firefly. Get that kick-started, and I think Fox <laughs> pulled the plug on that one pretty quick. I still don't understand it. There's this property we want to do nothing with, but don't you dare take it out of our hands. But we'll bring back a property like X-Files, and again, don't get me wrong, because I, I dig me some X-Files. Jillian Anderson, she's still a fucking hottie. I'm reading all these casting releases, and they're bringing back all the dead people, and it's kind of like, what the fuck, you know? <laughs> How are you trying to shoehorn all this shit? And you're bringing all three of the lone gunmen back, you're bringing the cigarette-smoking guy back, oh, what the fuck? So... Now my hopes are dashed on the, the rocks for X-Files being any good. Tara Chihime in our chat goes, aliens, man. It's all aliens. I was going to say it's just a dream. He just wakes up. He wakes up in that show, Dallas. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, he is JR. Ooh, t- a Dallas X-Files crossover. So we've got this, this Spider-Man thing going on. I don't know if people are aware, but, you know, Spider-Man is Spider-Manning all over your face. He's going to be in Civil War. He's going to be in his own standalone, and he's going to be kicking ass across theaters probably for years to come, as most of our listeners are aware. Sony and uh, Disney have come to a relative agreement to share the property, to share the character. Unfortunately, Sony still has ultimate say on what they will in the green light. But we have some details on what's coming up in the Spider-Verse, and uh, we know that the first standalone Spider-Man movie will be released on July 28th, uh, 2017. And Chris Miller and Phil Lord's animated Spider-Man film, which will also be released theatrically, will also be coming out in uh, 2017. And if they both do well, Spider-Man may turn into a yearly franchise. I'm a little nervous about that. I don't know if you necessarily want to kick out a Spider-Man property every single year. Even Star Wars, but the continuation is doing it every other year with their in-betweens in between. But I'm excited that the studios are excited because you have both studios saying, okay, this is the vision of Spider-Man we can certainly agree on. And uh, 
I'm thinking by the time this this standalone rolls out, you may be talking Avengers money. Oh yeah, I mean, and you and you spoke of Star Wars. Did you see that J.J. Um, Abrams was asked recently if the midichlorians will be mentioned at all in Force Awakens, and he said no. He said a little bit more than that. He was like, absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> What's canon? Not the prequels. So tell me, Kyle. The last two Spider-Man movies, they they were pretty abysmal enough where it destroyed Sony's Spider-Man franchise, and they had to wipe out their slate of all their upcoming spider-man properties do you feel more reinvigorated now with this massive team up are you excited to see spider-man in civil war oh and i have to say uh, before you answer um what also came out today is that apparently spider-man wasn't just shoehorned into civil war um he's got quite a bit of screen time you're gonna get to see peter parker um on screen interacting and i guess uh pretty much the money shot of this film the epic battle is going to have to do with Spider-Man. And they're saying it's a pretty unconventional fight, but they're really giving him the spotlight in this film. I will say I am truly excited because that's what the fans want, man. You, you, you want to see all of these Marvel characters under one envelope. I don't fucking care whether it's multiple studios owning it or not, but, you know, for, for symmetry, for synergy, for continuity's sake, yeah, absolutely. I remember seeing uh, on the gag reel of the first X-Men movie, you could see a dude just dressed as Spider-Man running across the set. <laughs> and it's like, okay, that's hilarious. And I knew it was a shame that they couldn't have start having those, those uh, superhero crossovers. I'm excited because Spider-Man is Marvel's tentpole character. He's their A-lister. Um, whereas, you know, DC has Superman, and unfortunately they're treating him really poorly too. But, um... I'm excited that, yes, now we can have the Spider-Man we deserve. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking even better than Raimi's iterations. The second one was really, really well done. But I think this is going to top it because I think the studios really understand what this character means. So, yeah, I really couldn't be more fired up for this. There's been so many incarnations of Spidey through the years. TV series, animated series live action movies i kind of welcome any any you know it's like okay keep going keep going till you strike gold and speaking of striking gold if you have a nintendo 64 you can strike yourself some serious gold especially if you're good at mario 64 but a player was playing uh streaming on twitch and accidentally discovered this um previously undiscovered bug a glitch in the game and can't reproduce it. Has no idea what the fuck he did in, in order for this glitch to happen. And he's offering a $1,000 reward if a gamer can pull off this glitch and explain exactly how they pull it off. So that's some dedication there to an old game and an old system. But when people find these, these untapped, uncharted territories, they get pretty fucking serious about it. So if you want to dick around for the next, I don't know, three or four weeks <laughs> trying to figure out how this glitch works, and if you're the first person to uh, get out there, you get a grand in your pocket. That's a lot of money to uh, a lot of uh, school-age gamers, although the school year is about to start for uh, a lot of peeps, so I don't know. you got a lot of extra time on your hands, so go for it. If you're still playing on an N64, that's a lot of money, and go out and buy some current gen consoles and games. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You can be you could buy like a special edition console and a couple of games. One game that doesn't come in the package. And that's without an HDMI cable, damn it, or a second controller. You greedy bastards. 
Let's talk about the uh, the breakup of the century. Now, normally, we aren't like the TMZ of the geek community or anything. We don't want to talk about Hollywood gossip, this, that, and the other. But this one, this one has stirred emotions and all the feels from people of multiple generations. We're talking about the breakup of Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy. It's really bothering me. This is really impacting me. I grew up with the Muppets. I remember being six or seven years old and... and couldn't wait to get home and in front of the TV and catch the latest Muppet show. So this this news, I'm taking it really hard, really personally. This was announced all over social media today. Um, I caught this on both Facebook and Twitter. And this is the official comment from Miss Piggy. She says, after thoughtful consideration and considerable squabbling, Kermit the Frog and Wah have made the difficult decision to terminate a romantic relationship. We'll continue to work together on television, and of course, in parentheses, The Muppets, Tuesdays, 8 p.m. this fall on ABC. And in all media, now known and hereafter devised in uh, perpetuity throughout the universe. However, our personal lives are now distinct and separate, and we will be seeing other people, pigs, frogs, etc. <laughs> this is our only comment on this private matter, unless we get the right offer. Thank you for your understanding. Ever since... We were kids watching on the Muppet Show. Did you ever have the uh, impression that Kermit wasn't whipped so much as he was in just in fear for his life? His piggy would just karate chop the shit out of him for the most minorest of infractions. Oh, it was a ridiculously abusive relationship. There's no question about that. But your take is that they should try and work it out. Well, I mean, they're, they're such an iconic couple, you know, it, it, it's... Uh... John F. Kennedy and Camelot, you know, it's, 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 it's been such a staple of my whole life. And just to know that they're going to be seeing other people, pigs, frogs, etc. I don't know how I'm going to take that when these paparazzi pictures start popping up online and Kermit's with somebody else. Although with this new series, if you guys have seen the trailer yet, and if you haven't hunted down, it's certainly worth watching it. Uh, Fozzie's trying to hook up with a human chick, so. <laughs> how do you guys feel about bestiality or interspecies? <laughs> relationships it's one of those tough subjects dealt with by the muppets and kermit smoking pot i mean i still can't get over that Is that on the pitch video that's like about 10 minutes long yeah you you have to see that i gotta it, finish it i started to watch it i'm about halfway through it absolutely incredible kermit driving to work baked out of his gourd talking about how he can do it legally now oh yeah genius i tell you ah <sighs> i after witnessing the abusive relationship of, of, of Piggy and, and Kermit all these years. I don't know who would be going for Piggy. I want to pork that. For some reason, William Shatner pops into my head. That's really creepy. Okay, so Alan S. Uh, thinks that Piggy is going to go straight for Animal. I don't know. I mean, Animal probably does get a lot of tail because, you know, he's a musician. I'm thinking he really gets down with the freaky stuff. Well, if it's going to be like a uh, reality show style it's got to be a, a better recipe than their last reboot, which I think they tried to do it on ABC. And they may have tried a couple of specials on Disney Channel and whatnot, and it just didn't click. I just I don't want a watered-down version of South Park. I don't want them to push the envelope for the sake of shock and awe, and that's the reason to get people to turn out every week. I understand this isn't the variety show format that it, it once was. But what was cool about the variety show format was you get to see people like Elton John and Alice Cooper and all these like, tremendous stars of the day interacting in this environment, in this world, as if this is the norm. Uh, Mark Hamill, you know, as Luke Skywalker. That was fucking incredible. Um, 
and, and if it's just going to be watered down now to the least common denominator and dick and fart jokes, that's not the Muppets to me. But pot jokes, on the other hand. If there's some intelligence to it, absolutely. You know, and, and again, it's that humor that goes slightly over a child's head, but right into the, that target zone for an adult. And, and you nod and you grin. You're like, I, I saw what you did there. Dude, that formula works so well for Pixar. And I am a fan of the past two recent Muppet movies. I mean, they're really funny. They got a lot of great humor that is aimed at the grown-ups. The recipe is there. Here's open. And uh, with with Jim Henson's son at the helm for the, the Muppet property, I think it's in really good hands. Uh, from Crack.com, I thought this was incredibly interesting. And I apologize to anybody in advance, including you, Kyle, if I'm really late to the party about just finding the stuff out. But it blew my mind, and I want to share this. Oh, good. Uh, Trivia. I mean... Come on, geeks are all about the trivia. For example, did you know on Captain Planet, and yes, I'm sure we all begrudgingly watched some Captain Planet, there were a lot of like really big stars on the show. Um, Martin Sheen was the first to voice Cy Sludge, and Meg Ryan voiced the mad scientist Dr. Blight, and Tim Curry, Tim fucking Curry, voiced Mal, the, uh, the computer sidekick. I thought that... That and that alone was pretty fucking interesting. Even Sting and Jeff Goldblum uh, contributed voices to Captain Planet. I don't remember that ever being mentioned in any marketing materials or anything back then. I remember when Captain Planet was on. I never watched it. I just thought that it was like, this looks like some, we're going to send a message with our cartoon, damn it. Save the trees. And all these tree-hugging Hollywood celebrities were more than happy to lend their voices. <laughs> Here's another one I found really interesting. We all know J.K. Simmons, uh, you know, J. Jonah Jameson, the, the gruff, angry, uh, hardbeat news reporter. That's right. And I got to voice him on several uh, Marvel properties, actually. Some video games as J. Jonah Jameson. Thank you, J.K. Simmons, so I could just imitate you. So maybe, Kyle, one day you'll also have a shot at voicing the peanut M&M. Hey, if I can make a sideline income as being the official voice match for J.K. Simmons because I'm way cheaper, I'm all for it. Here's another one for you. When I say Ernest Borgnine, what property first pops into your head? Ernest Borgnine on a property. Good God. I don't think I watched him on any properties. I remember seeing him in Disney's The Black Hole. Well, you saw him as Cabby in Escape from New York. Oh, yeah. But I guarantee your mind did not go to SpongeBob SquarePants. He was the voice of Mermaid Man in SpongeBob. Yeah, and then we, uh, I think we lost him about a year or two ago, actually. But shit, I had no idea. Of course, the one everybody knows, Stephen Colbert and Steve Carell were Ace and Gary from the ambiguously gay duo. So that's nothing new. But Deputy Garcia from Reno 911, he's the voice of Rocco on Rocco's Modern Life. Oh, Carlos Alazraki. Yes, yes. He was also Yokiero Taco Bell. I did not know that. Here's one that touched my geek a little inappropriately. I had to show them on the doll where my geek was touched. But the older brother, Will, Freddy from uh, Boy Meets World, he's been a lot of superheroes. <laughs> um, and, and, of course, Terry McGinnis on Batman Beyond. And since then, he's done a lot. He was, uh, he's been Deadpool and uh, Star-Lord, Green Arrow on Transformers. He's been Bumblebee. So that's kind of like that Mark Hamill transition from fuck being in front of the camera. Where I, can, I can still be very popular and make gobs of money doing this stuff. So he's, he's currently voicing Star-Lord on uh, the upcoming Guardians of the Galaxy series that they announced for Disney XD. And you never know in the voiceover world who you're going to run into in the lobby of these recording studios. And I happen to, they happen to have be recording Guardians one day at the studio. And it's like, oh, this is Will. Oh, hey, how's it going? <laughs> like, 
holy shit, man. I used to listen to you. I mean, I didn't watch the live action stuff. I just like, oh, cool. Batman Beyond. Fucking A. That's awesome. So, God, yeah, I'll have to take uh, JK's roles. I'd like to thank the Academy for, uh, oh, yeah, that there are no Academy Awards for VO. Never mind. And I'm sure everybody, of course, knows that uh, his counterpart, the Red Eminem, is the uh, illustrious and adoring and previously mentioned Billy West. The legend, the man, the voice of Ren and Stimpy, the voice of Fry and Zoidberg, and, and I mean, so many characters from Futurama. And we got to give a plug for Billy West here. We are huge fans of Billy West, and he had just started his own podcast. Don't forget about us, please. After you listen to those shows, please come back to the Big Ball Broadcast and Smodco. And we do appreciate everybody for dropping by our uh, our live chat. Uh, Alan S, anime manga antagonist, Destron23, Griff, Onsen Mark, Robert J, Tara Chahime, Yaboy Kenny, TESD Ninja Ant, and Saiyan Z3 and Sigmund88. All you guys are so friggin' awesome for uh, tuning into our show. And of course, subscribe to our feed on iTunes or listen on smodcast.com. And um, we'll do it again next week. Till next time, this is Kyle A. Bear. This is Other World Steve. See ya! Special thanks to Will Wilkins and Jason Peer. Music provided by Zero Reynolds. Follow us on Twitter at BB Broadcast and email thebigballbroadcast at gmail.com. This has been a production of Smodco Internet Radio. Sir, only at smodcast.com.